You're listening to My Wedding Season, the podcast. I'm your host, Ida Glovic. I photograph intimate weddings and elopements in Europe. This is the show where I provide overwhelmed wedding photographers with the inspiration, tools, and resources needed to build a thriving brand and business. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of My Wedding Season, the podcast. I am so excited to introduce today's guest. Lisa Devlin is a wedding and editorial photographer based in Brighton, England. She was a music industry photographer for 10 years before becoming a wedding photographer over 20 years ago. She has earned several accolades, including an award in 2010 by the British Journal of Photography and has been named one of Hasselblad's heroines. She also provides education for wedding photographers over at Photography Farm and runs an annual photography conference called Thrive. By the way, Thrive is taking place this month in Brighton and Glasgow, so be sure to check out the link in the show notes for more details. Lisa has years of experience working with clients, and I'm so grateful to her for taking the time to share with us about how she goes about providing beautiful albums to her clients. She explains how PickTime has made it so easy for her and her clients to make the process so smooth. If you're considering to finally start offering print products to your clients or want to improve upon how to do it more effectively, this episode is definitely for you. I am so excited to have PickTime on board as a sponsor for this episode. If there's one thing all of us wedding photographers can benefit from, it is a way to keep making our workflow more efficient and streamlined. I'm always looking for ways to optimize the way that I work, but know that there's still areas of my business that need some improvement. For example, I recently spent hours upon hours updating my website with blogs from my 2022 weddings. Ideally, it would have been done a few months back before the booking season started, but I just didn't get around to it. The truth is, I've been stuck in the classic way of blogging, which is tedious and time-consuming. I would go through the wedding gallery, choose my favorites, get them approved by my clients, upload them to the back end of my website, and then start creating blog posts from scratch. Sure, I know that there are softwares that exist that help make the process faster and easier, but I just have resisted signing up for yet another subscription. I'm willing to bet that I'm not the only one who feels this way. That is why I'm so glad that PickTime is now integrating blogging into their professional and advanced plans. Now we can use PickTime not only to deliver beautifully designed galleries and slideshows to our clients, as well as to provide them with the options to purchase prints from the store, but we can also directly create blogs that we can integrate into our websites. On top of that, the blogs are quick and easy to make as well as SEO optimized. I mean, talk about it being a game changer. If you're eager to also optimize your blogging workflow, upgrade to a professional or advanced plan, and make sure that you use the affiliate code IDA, A-I-D-A, so that you can get one month free. So let me not have you wait any longer. Here's my conversation with the one and only Lisa Devlin. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's such a pleasure to have you with us. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you and um, yeah, explore this topic. Yeah, so cool. Lisa, hey, uh, for those who don't know you, I definitely want them to get to know you a little bit better. So if you can introduce yourself, tell us about your 20 year journey as a wedding photographer, which is amazing. Um, Yeah, let's get a little background to who you are, what you do. 
Yeah, so my name is Lisa Devlin, and as you said, I've, I've been in decades in now to this industry. Um, but uh, before that, I was a music industry photographer for a whole other decade. It's just all I've ever done. I've been a photographer for actual ever. And uh, yeah, I fell into weddings back in 2000. So it's actually come my 23rd year. Wow. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that That's incredible. Uh, crazy. Um, that was when my the my agent at the time got married and asked me to shoot her wedding. And I, I remember saying to her, like, I know I want to get out of shooting music. It, I was, um, yeah. you know, definitely in the mindset that I didn't want to shoot that anymore. But I said to her, I know one thing for sure, and that is that I do not want to shoot weddings. So I turned her down. Um, but then she did end up persuading me. And yeah. Obviously, 23 years later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Like, okay, 23 years ago, what did that look like? I'm just super curious. Like, you know, I'm thinking film. You just had like a few shots to do. Um, Didn't have that flexibility. How did that look like for you? I mean, weirdly, not that different. Like, Really? Yeah, because at the time the main um way that people were shooting weddings was so formal yeah. uh, medium format like really staged photography so they mm -hmm. were mostly there just for kind of portraits of the bride and groom and group photos so kind of what you think of like when you think of royal wedding photography yeah exactly that was just what everyone had um so when I first got into it like I said to her when she persuaded me to do it I was like the only way I'm going to do this is is if it's just a job for a magazine. So I'm just going to gonna give the story of the day, like go behind the scenes, not right. just do that formal photography that was around at the time. And she was like, great, like I, I'd much rather have that. And so it's still what I do now, really, uh, just meant that the rest of photography caught up and there was a hell of a lot more people started to do it. But yeah, yeah. really back then, there wasn't many photographers shooting um, where they would go for kind of the whole day and mm -hmm. things like bridal prep or still be there in the evening. Um, so, yeah, it, it's quite similar now. Okay. But also, yeah, there, there was huge differences. Like there was nowhere near as much competition then. <laughs> Marketing was something that you just sort of took out an ad in Yellow Pages and I did, I think, one wedding fair and just told people, I'm a wedding photographer now. That was it. I was fully booked. And obviously, if that was your marketing plan for 2023, you would probably struggle. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But I mean, the thing is, I feel like um, most of the photographers who have been around so long, they do things differently from us newcomers per se. But I mean, I see you and I feel like you are leading the way even, you know, like you have so much education out there. The you're like so modern in the work that you do it's it's amazing like I am obsessed with like I've been on the <laughs> photography farm website just seeing all that you share it's so good I love it oh thank you yeah so photography farm came about that I've done since sort of 2010 2011 started to get into doing workshops and it grew from there just looking at what the demand is, what photographers needed. Like I didn't set out to be an educator, but 
I found that I was being asked a lot of questions by photographers. Right. The catalyst was really um, in 2010, I won a big award from the British Journal of Photography, which was oh. a big deal because the magazine's been around since, you know, the 1800s, since photography began. And okay. they had never really done too much with wedding photography, but they, mm. they did a, an award and I entered thinking I would get on somebody's radar somewhere. And yeah. 10 years in in the industry at that point and I was actually actively looking around for something that I could enter because you know when you work for yourself like the yeah. milestones are less obvious it's true I think if you're in the corporate world or you're an employed role if you'd done something for 10 years there would be some kind of recognition or climbing up the ladder in some way yeah you would yeah get I don't know you'd get like a carriage clock <laughs> <laughs> You'd right. get a certificate, you'd get a I don't know, employee of the year. I don't know what it was, but I I thought, well, no one's gonna give me one, so I'll have to go looking for it myself. So I thought, you know, I've never entered an award. I'll I'll try and enter one. And I think just the process of entering would be something that was educational, you know, that I would learn that process and mm -hmm. maybe I would get on a radar and maybe eventually I would win an award. However, I, I actually won, uh, which was like the biggest award. <laughs> yeah, it was just such a huge, enormous deal. And it was such a huge catalyst for so many things that have happened to me since. Uh, opened so many doors. The award was sponsored by Hasselblad. And that's so, how yeah. you work with them a lot. I saw that too. And I was like, that's a major brand to work with. Impressive. Yeah, so that's kind of come back around like full circle so I'm currently working with Hasselblad again um but yeah this this was one of the many doors that was opened by the British Journal of Photography for me and I will be eternally grateful so off the back of it a kind of good thing bad thing was that it brought a lot of attention from my fellow photographers oh yeah and they were asking me lots and lots of questions it took to kind of lunchtime each day to just go through my inbox and answer all these questions like, really yeah it was it was pretty insane and so I just thought like maybe I could get these people in a room and answer these things all at one time because yeah. a lot of them were quite similar questions mm -hmm. and that's what I thought I would offer my first workshop which I just did here in my house um really okay yeah, just, just come to my house let's you know open this up and then the photographers that came were kind of still here at dinner time you know it's like my husband was like <laughs> can they leave now need <laughs> a story and stuff and I was like, yeah <laughs> these people won't leave uh so apart from kind of if I set up a and b for photographers <laughs> I thought my next move was to open up somewhere that we could host this social side because I recognized that photographers needed to um, have that space to, mm -hmm. to talk you know a lot of them just didn't have that space with people around them to just really talk about the industry yeah and then make those bonds with each other I recognized from those very first workshops that that was just as important as what I was teaching them that I was connecting them that's right and so then my next move was to look for someone that I could do a residential two-day workshop and ended up doing that in a 15th century farmhouse um, 
in the south of England. And so that's how it became Photography Farm. I see the connection because it's just been like the barn. I was like, this girl, (laughs) (laughs) there must be something, a story behind it all. (laughs) That's the story. That's like uh, what the whole thing was. And then it's just everything from there. So I think of myself as kind of nurturing, helping them to grow all kind of things like that so any way I can get a farm pun in in there if I think of one I'll definitely text you right yeah oh that would be perfect for that no it's so good and especially like when you say that was around 2010 or something there wasn't much education right like really this kind of it's in the past yeah I think it's just stuff that you're maybe not aware of now like maybe a lot of it's kind of um, gone by the by now but definitely here in the UK there was a lot of really established really good places you could go as a wedding photographer to get education and to get portfolio content um back then that's yeah yeah. surprising to me like I'm based in Germany and I feel like then it's a completely different world um it didn't happen here till maybe I would say five, six years ago, unless I was really misinformed. But um, that's when it really started to bloom. But so good. Interesting. Mm, yeah, maybe it's just what you've become conscious of in your yeah. journey in the industry. Um, but yeah, big conferences and um, shows, but also, yeah, individual courses and workshops. There was plenty around. Um oh. So my sort of USP for mine was that that we did this residential thing and had a certain amount of socializing that happened. And we always did a style shoot as part of it. And uh, the building itself, I mean, the, the place, it was like a small estate and it had been um, a recording studio for about 20 years. Oh. Uh, it was one of the first residential recording studios in the UK and it had this rock heritage to it. So for me, coming from the music industry, right. it felt like a natural move. And the staff were the same. So it was staff that had looked after the rock bands when they lived there, the caterer, you know, the chef, the housekeeper. And we stayed in the house, in the, in the farmhouse, which was where bands had stayed. So Bowie had slept there. Queen had slept what? there. What? That's there. just next level. <laughs> what? So it was beautiful, um, but really comfortable though. And just had this resonance, like a creative resonance to the building, mm. which is hard to describe. Um, but I, there was just kind of some some sort of magic to it. And I owe so much to it. And I even last night had a message from a US photographer that had taught there for me because we expanded and grew it and it ended up becoming like a week long experience that we, we put on there. So we had a lot of really what you would, you know, I was just having a look at who else has been on your podcast. A lot of the sort of photographers who you potentially know of in the industry had come and taught there for us and, yeah, one of them messaged me last night going, I'm just thinking about those good times that we had. I'm just thinking about farm and thinking about you. And it was like, yeah, yeah, we had some good times. Oh, good. <laughs> and now, like, you have Thrive. Is that, that's how you have, like, a two-day workshop, right? So Thrive is our annual conference. Mm. Um, so we've done this. So, uh, like I said, things just kept growing. And I was looking at what the demand was. What's the gaps? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's as a still a working photographer, what did I feel like I wanted? And I felt 
that I actually dreamt up Thrive, and I'll be really clear about this, uh, on the plane on the way home from the first way up north. So I, I love oh. and Jacob and what they were doing. Yeah, so good. And when they put on way up north, I went to the first one in Stockholm mm. and uh, loved it, loved it. I had such a good time and found the talks really inspiring. And when I was on the plane on the way home, I had my notebook and I was like trying to process the experience because I always feel with education that at the time there's so much, like it's almost too much to absorb. And then sometimes you park it, don't you, you think? Like, yeah, that's right. I need to park that and I'll come back to it. That's and true. that's a bad thing to do because you know what? You never come back to it. I think when you're first in that bubble of inspiration from doing something educational, you need to make your action plan then, right? Think what's the changes in me that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I took that particular course. And so that's what I was writing in the, on the plane on the way home and thinking, you know, what's this really inspired me? And more than inspiring my photography, it inspired me to start my own conference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Do. And so you've been doing it for how long now? With Thrive. So I think that way up north was in 2015 and I started my conference the following year so 2016 and because when I left way up north I just felt like oh it was so interesting because it was a mixture of speakers that I'd heard of and I was excited to see and people that I hadn't heard of before then like Fergurista you know who was, oh love him he is such a great guy yeah oh, mind-blowing his talk was mind-blowing yeah and, but what I what I wanted to do as a photographer is I then wanted to go and shoot with him. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to, to see how he does it. I wanted to watch him direct a couple. And, you know, I could just just have gone and stood and watched him work. That's what I really wanted to do. And I thought, hmm, somebody needs to put on a conference where they do that. So you watch the speakers and then on the second day, you can break out in small groups and go shoot with them. So that's exactly what I did. That's the format of Thrive of our conference. Oh, yeah. So it's like really in person, you get that connection, which I do love. Like I've been to way up north twice. They were in Germany and then one in Cannes. I was at that one, too, Um, where they had a little bit of a shoot. But like it did feel there's a lot of information, which, like you said, and it's intensive and like small breaks. So mm -hmm. I, I did feel like maybe an, a little bit of overwhelm of information. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I love that you kind of took that a step further and said, you know what, like, how can we, you know, take action right away or like even mm -hmm. add that shoot with like the speakers. Oh, that's so good. Love it. Love it. I know we're getting totally off topic, but no. what <laughs> that happened to, to me. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, we're here to talk about prints and albums going into the wedding season that's coming up, you know. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is something I've always tried to integrate. Some years I do it better than other years. Yeah. And the years I know I don't do it better is like, I feel like I haven't really integrated it into my workflow, how I should, you know, yeah. and then there is a little bit of the resistance of feeling salesy. I know I'm not the only one who feels this way, you know, yeah. um, and I, you're, I know you're the right person to talk to. You've written about it. Your blog posts are amazing. But I also just want to get you on here and just talk about it, like break it down from let's talk mindset. We'll start from there. Maybe mm -hmm. you can talk about how it was for you to get into selling albums more. Yeah, share with us. Okay, so um, first of all, like, I think, the main thing to think about is that 
there is a want and a need from your clients is the first thing. So most photographers start thinking about things like albums from their own point of view. So I hear this all the time uh, that oh, it's hard, you know, I don't want to do albums because, yeah, I don't want to do after sales and I I haven't got time to design albums. And so there's a resistance from photographers. Yeah. But you shot the wedding for these people. And if you ask them, like, they don't want their images just to, to remain in digital form. They want tangible, touchable things that they can pass down generations. They want printed products. So they've got this need and this want. And a lot of photographers are ignoring it. Then the entrepreneur in me is like, you're leaving money on the table if you're not meeting those wants and needs from your customer. Like either it's not being fulfilled and they're not getting anything printed. Yeah. Which is such a shame. It is. Or they're spending money somewhere else, you know? Like in the UK, we have this TV show called Dragon's Den. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. And in Dragon's Den, so the format is that they have a panel of multimillionaires and mm -hmm. people go in and they pitch their idea to them and they decide if they're going to invest in them or not. So one of our dragons in the UK owns a company amongst his many companies that he owns, a company called Jessup's, which is sort of probably the one of the remaining high street chains in the photography industry. Mm -hmm. And they sell cameras and products, but they also do processing and make products and I always think of it like this, like if you're not fulfilling those products for your customers, they're going to go to somewhere like that or even yeah. a supermarket or an online company. But I always think of them, like I say this to photographers, they're going to go to Jessup's, which is owned by, you know, the guy from Dragon's Den. He's on there because he's already a multimillionaire. Yeah, he already has all the money, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, Peter Jones, he's taking your money, like money you could be making and yeah. uh you know he already has enough money i'm absolutely sure of it so that's quite a like good way to visualize where the money is going so first of all thinking right okay there's money to be made and they want it and it's not there's nothing sleazy about selling that to somebody if they want it and you're providing it yeah and then the other sort of things that i think about it is like a lot of times photographers do nothing about it until after they've delivered the gallery. And it's the first mention of albums or framed products or prints. Mm. And there's no steps along the way. And so quite a long time ago, I put like breadcrumbs for customers about this. So it's from the get go. It's on the homepage of my website and has mm. been for a long time. So right at the bottom of the homepage is a section on albums and products. Um, it's on my approach page. I have a page that shows me working with one couple all the way through from engagement shoot, what happens next, then we shoot the wedding, then it shows their album. Yeah. Um, and right from the first contact, so the response email that I send to people, we talk about albums and I show them them. And mm -hmm. so it's not a big shock when it comes to a yeah, like wedding where... out of the blue, like, <laughs> excuse me, right? And oh, I like that. And you're just slowly creating desire. And mm -hmm. also they're kind of thinking already, oh, wedding images and albums and or some sort of prints, it kind of is part of it, right? Because yeah. I mean, nowadays, it's just like people are so used to digital files. Mm -hmm right and it's just kind of what they ask for um 
yeah I think that's the thing like for me I I have it as an option in my pricing and stuff you know and like I think it's this there's always this internal fear of like not feeling like we're pushing it on them of course mm -hmm. if they want to we'll provide but I know there's a better way of going about it and that's why it's good to talk it through and I'm just being vulnerable and saying how it is for me because I know a lot of people shared those hesitancies <laughs> you know but yeah like it's there is a reluctance a reluctance to sell yeah and so it's like and um, pick time does a lot on your behalf so those emails are great and the language in the emails is fantastic and when I switched to pick time and I thought okay let's see if what happens like yeah the first wedding that I shot through posted the gallery on pick time said to the customers so you can just like design your own album and order it and the automated emails went out and um they did just send me an email back saying oh we do want to get an album but we haven't you know we've been traveling so the time is going to be difficult for us but we want to take advantage of the early bird offer so I was like Oh, mm. I can just extend that. I'll extend that by a couple of weeks. And they did order an album and some framed images and some prints. And uh, my profit from that first sale was an additional £800 or something. That's incredible. Yeah. So I was like, hello, pick time. <laughs> this yeah. is nice. I don't have to do any work. I didn't design the album. I didn't send it to them. I didn't do anything apart from approve the order. And I had this wonderful, you know, amount of money appear. I was like, easy street. This is great. Oh, fantastic. Okay, looking at all my bookings for the next year. If I get this amount of money, like, you know, I'm going to be going on a nice holiday at the end of this year. Okay. So I was like, oh, excellent. Really excited. Oh, well, then the next few um, galleries that were delivered now that didn't happen. It didn't um, work that way. Okay. They didn't just go ahead and order albums. And then it kind of got, you know, three quarters of the way through the year. And I was like, no, not getting the amount of album sales that I was projecting or I was hoping for or I was getting before. Mm -hmm. And I sat and kind of analyzed it and I thought, where's this falling down? Like, what's going wrong? And I think that when we get those sales emails, like a lot of times people are just like, oh, I'll read that later. Oh, I'll get to that later. Or the thought of me designing my own album, do you know what? That's like going to be hard work. So I'll do yeah. that later, I'll do it later. Right. And it was getting put off and getting put off, but it wasn't that they didn't want them, but there was something happening and they weren't ordering them. So I got in touch with a few clients that I'd got on really well with to see where the pain point was. And I said, you know what, let's hop in a call and I will talk through the gallery with you and I'll show you how easy it is to design your own album in there. And yeah. then I'll reignite the early bird offer as well so that you can go back in. And then they were ordering. So I was like, that's the key. The key mm. is that call. Yeah. So now what I do is I offer customers a call. I call it a gallery review call. Oh, like, Okay. And so a short time after they've taken delivery of the gallery, um, and I mentioned it beforehand, sort of close to the wedding date, say, we're, you know, once I've delivered the gallery, you can expect that we're going to do this gallery review call. So kind of managing that they can expect something that's going to happen. 
Yeah, yeah. in between them taking delivery of the gallery and us doing that um, gallery review call, they've got time to discover what their own pain points are. Okay, so is it that oh. there's too many pictures and they're finding it overwhelming to make choices to go into an album? Right. Is it they can't decide what size frames to have? Or is it they're waiting for orders to come in from family members as well for prints and things like that? Did they not get around to using the album designer? All of those things. So once we get into that call, I can talk through those pain points and I can really easily offer them solutions because, of course, pick time is so incredibly easy. Yeah. And then reignite an offer. It's time limited again. And at that point, yeah, at least 80% of them are, are buying. That's, I never thought of that. That is so good. Like, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the virtual way of doing like not necessarily in-person sales, but, you know, you're you're just guiding them through the process, right? And empowering them to do it. And like that limited time offers just kind of to give them that push to actually get it done. Mm -hmm. And it helps them, you know what I mean? Um, That's, that's so good. Like, um, so that means you're not designing anymore. Like you're not going to smart slides and doing all that stuff anymore. It's all in the hands of the clients. Yeah, so at the minute I haven't been, um I I've just it's just been working because once they get the hang of it they actually seem to really quite enjoy making the album and it is just so mm. simple yeah um, but I have done a couple of designs for other clients that they just don't want to right they just right so you're like that's fine because I do offer a uh, so I know Sam Blake, a photographer based in New York. Yeah, I, I know her. Podcast with Sam and she talked about this and she calls it a concierge service. And that's a great way to, to pitch it. And that's yeah. what she does the design for you. So there's a premium. Rate there's a charge for that. Yeah. So I've done that for a couple of clients <laughs> and it reminds me of how uh, much I don't really enjoy doing album design. <laughs> I think that's a part of it. Like for me, it's been kind of like, it's not that I don't enjoy as much as during the wedding season when usually like to when it's in the packages, it's just like an extra thing to do. And then it's like other weddings coming up and then I just kind of get overwhelmed and I think, oh, maybe I can do it like November or something and say, hey, for Christmas. And then November ends up being wild every year to year. And I'm like, there must be a better way. But I love yeah. how you kind of upload it and say clients and you just guide them through. That's amazing. Yeah, because the thing that it's not like actually actually designing albums, I don't mind at all. And if you do use something like smart albums, it's, yeah. it's really easy. It goes fast enough. Great. Yeah. Really good. It is a really good system. It's not it's not so much the designing them that I don't like, but it's to and fro with a client that they're like, oh, can you just tweak this and can you yeah. just change that? And like that process is exactly <laughs> Yeah, you know, because proofing it, getting the final, okay. I know it's like this whole thing because sometimes they take a while to get back to you. They get back to you at the not the most optimal time. <laughs> I hear you. So I just love how you've kind of eliminated that problem and yeah. found a better way. Yeah, because when they're designing, they can make as many tweaks as they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how about like choosing the lab to get it printed and stuff like have you just kind of tested which labs you can rely on and saying okay 
um, these are the ones that I proof and like kind of blend out all the other options. Like, how do you do that? Yeah, so I <laughs> I took out options. So I was lucky in that, obviously, you know, as you know, I've done this for a really long time. So yeah. there's a couple of labs that are hooked up with PicTime that I already had good working relationships with. So one of those in the UK is Folio albums. Oh, yeah, I've heard good things. Fine mm-hmm. art and everything is like really carefully done for their eco credentials. Like they, you know, they really care and are really lovely company where all the people that work there are just so nice and it was started by a guy called Stuart Randall who was a wedding photographer and couldn't find really nice albums okay yeah so I love their ethos and I love their products uh so that was an easy choice and then the other one that I used through pick time is Wood of Banana so Wood of oh yeah he's so cool um and he's a great again a really amazing photographer in his own right and he started albums because he recognized the need to have something kind of affordable, but that looked nice. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, lo- I really like what he's done. He he did a sample album for me. And I was like, oh, you know, I was really impressed. Um, for me, it's really important that they completely lay flat. That's my bugbear with albums. Like the page has got to completely lay flat. Yeah. And then that opens up some really great design options for you. And yeah, so both of those do. So I just stick with those two. And that seems to cover everything that I need. Yeah, because I mean, you want to be sure that the quality is up to par, right? But um, how about like, once they've designed it and stuff, like, they just get it shipped over to themselves, like you don't need to check yeah. it, right? I don't, I do check their designs. Okay? Oh, yeah? Okay. Because, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something's a fair, little awkward then you say yeah. something <laughs> it was a fair chunk of money and I just don't want them to take delivery of something and think oh we didn't quite nail that and just to understand things like we know as photographers who've designed albums before you know to be really careful with what's on the edge of the page because there's a certain amount needs to be allowed for the bleed yeah or, or you know some things that jar the eye maybe the suggestions that you could make so I do ask to um have it on hold until I approve products and mm. just have cast my kind of photographer's eye over something and I have maybe made the odd suggestion that this would look better if you did this or the things that people tend to do is they try to cram so much so in. so many like me yes I know and like I I've tried to explain to clients as well in the past, right? It's, you know, that you you want that white space <laughs> to breathe, right? Yeah, it looks yeah. better with some breathing space. Right? Yeah. But I totally get it as well, you know, you've got, but to them, to us, they're just people in photos. To them, that's their loved ones and their family members. Also, yeah. Um, that's what you care about when you open up your photos in years and years and years to come. So it's the people, you know, really. It's true. But sometimes just adding in a couple of extra pages can make a difference. <laughs> or sometimes they do make a crazy mistake and you're like, you realize you have a completely blank page in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's super easy to proof them and then approve. And, and I've never had, oh, I'm going to touch wood. I'm going to touch wood. <laughs> yes. I've not had a problem yet with an album. So, but again, like Wood and Banana and Folio, I completely trust those guys. I know they have great processes in place. Yeah, no, I mean, um, what really got my mind thinking about it in a different way was I did get a chance to chat with Nirit and Amir from Pick Time, and they were really talking about like 
this is really part of the whole entire client experience as a professional photographer that we need to offer prints, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it was, yeah, it opened my mind to it definitely. And then I really realized like, I the prints that I have of my family and stuff, like I have a closer attachment to those photos Mm-hmm. more than the ones that are just saved in the digital files like I don't know what that psychology necessarily is yeah. but like you know if I find my kids have taken it and like have even like you know folded it in half I feel part of my heart breaking <laughs> like no <laughs> even though I can print another one but I think there's just something special about it and I think that's part of the thing as photographers that we need to work in our minds that we're not just trying to sell things and just make extra income, even though it is extra income, but really understanding, hey, what we're offering our clients is something really valuable. And oh, um, totally. yeah. And having been in the industry for like so long, like all the different formats in my career as a wedding photographer, the different ways that we have delivered images, you know, from I would send... Um, so initially I was sending them like proof prints. So like six by four prints. So the editing kind of process was just sitting here with a waste paper basket and throwing away the bad ones, putting them into a really simple proof album. And then they would choose the photos that were then going to go into a final album. Mm-hmm. Then switching to digital, you know, the first ways of sort of delivering on digital was um, burning DVDs. And I've still got some somewhere. <laughs> and you know, now most people haven't got anything to put a DVD. No. In. Then it was USBs. And again, I've still got a few in the cupboard that I don't use anymore. Um, and now we're, we're most, most of us, most of the photographers that I work with or mentor are, you're just doing a digital delivery in a gallery. And, you know, it just does really make me think, like, what are we going to be delivering moving forward? I just always push people, like, again, at the minute I'm redesigning, I'm having a new website designed. And again, right from the get-go, it's like there's a, a piece on the homepage about printing, but I want you to have things printed. I want these to be in your hands. Yeah. And to be actually printed things. So always super passionate about and and weirdly gone back to shooting film this year as well yeah that's gorgeous you know um somehow I feel like the more we kind of move forward with technology and stuff when we feel like we're lacking something Mm -hmm. there's this thing uh, I don't know uh, that we take things a little bit back right to kind of feel it's also like yeah like even during the pandemic too much we were so much virtually online that I really have noticed this need for people to meet in person you know going back to the roots of how things are I think that's just in us as humans yeah so finally I've just written about this because I write for a photography magazine and my column this month I was talking about this so the like Gen Z yeah (laughs) grown up with their parents people like me yeah (laughs) putting their photos into you know online spaces like from the like I actually joined Facebook because I had a newborn baby you know it was like yeah these people have had their lives digitized and put online and so 
these spaces to them are not special. Um, mm. And what's special to them, so it's right now like Gen Z is really into analog photography, into yeah. film cameras, like point and shoots from the 90s. Um, you go on TikTok and they're using flip phones. Uh, yeah. And um, I, I think the nostalgia for these things is created. There's a glamour in them because they're the antithesis, like the antithesis it's true. Sorry, yeah. of um, the technology that they have access to and they've always had access to. And then, you know, so they're, they're, breaking with that and they're refusing it and say no I'm I don't want the latest iPhone I'm gonna get a Nokia <laughs> um and I think that the, the next thing we're gonna see is like you know one megapixel digital cameras being used again and yeah wow um it's fascinating I mean those of us who grew up you know for me, I was born in 88, so I would say more 90s and stuff. I always felt like, oh, we experienced that as it was happening, you know, Walkman's like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, having all that and seeing it come back. I mean, there's a beauty in it. Um, and I enjoy actually seeing Gen Z doing their thing, you know, like um, there's something raw about Gen Z that I like, mm -hmm. you okay. know, this kind of lack of needing perfection and kind of really standing in who they are yeah you know which is something like really differentiates from the whole millennial thing of like trying to find our perfect angles and being so self-conscious about a lot of things um I feel like Gen Z has helped me in this way where I'm like you know what I'm more comfortable just picking up the phone with the worst lighting worst whatever I haven't put on makeup and getting online and I feel like I've just need to thank for that. So um, it's a beautiful generation. Uh, they have really some good points. I totally agree. Yeah, I've got yeah. teenage girls and they've taught me so much. And yeah, like I, my my teenage daughter has an Instagram account. She hasn't got one single thing on a grid. She's not, <laughs> that. She's not interested. She, she follows people, but she's not interested in posting things on a grid. She made me join Be Real. <laughs> oh, yeah. How's that going? <laughs> And uh, I'm a terrible be realer, I have to say. Um, but because <laughs> I travel a lot, it's really nice for us to um, have that little point of connection in a day if I'm away. And so it's where I am, what I'm doing, and then where she is and what she's doing. Yeah. Um, but then sometimes we be real in the same space. We be real last night <laughs> when oh. I'm in the same room. And um, but the thing that that Gen Z loves about be real is you know it's in the name isn't it it's, you, yeah you, you can't make perfection in your two minutes you can't do too much it's not about showing yourself in an unrealistic way or in the best light or it's there's no filters in be real yeah and, you know when, when she posts it's like I will at least move so that the image from the second uh, <laughs> is something like she'll just have the pavement uh, <laughs> oh, so good. yeah and the photographer in me is like we've got to have a subject <laughs> yeah but it's um I, I just yeah we I, we just follow each other I I've got a few interview people that requested to follow me and I'm like oh god I don't want to see my be real <laughs> And I know that Instagram's trying to have a kind of be real feature. Or it's, oh it's my god, are you serious? Like Instagram is just I'm just like Instagram be original. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. Like 
many many thoughts on that topic <laughs> but no oh uh, that's so interesting cool okay um I'm just gonna bring it a little bit back to prints and products um because another question is about like pricing right because mm -hmm. like it just makes sense to make a profit and like marking it up like how do you go about that where you feel like okay you don't want to mark it up too much maybe like to be fair enough but then again it needs to be worth it like what are your thoughts on pricing yeah so I know when I first moved to pick time like I was like oh my god I, you know struggle with this I tried that I tried a different thing and at some point I found out about their presets for pricing <laughs> right <laughs> what? this is like you know everything you kind of struggle with in pick time they have actually thought about it they have and um, they take feedback so good Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. And, uh, they probably already got the feature somewhere. You just have to find it. So, uh, yeah, in the settings, there's two presets in there already. And I think I heard someone from PicTime say that the the lower preset is for portrait photographers and they had wedding photographers in mind for the higher preset. So, yeah, I show it to all of my students that are... Um, using pick time galleries and like like just don't struggle with this just use the presets it's so easy and then I think I maybe bumped up print prices a little bit more so that um, there was a decent profit in those but apart from that I haven't really touched it so yeah I use the higher preset and um, it's it's but yeah it's just that's it it's done <laughs> yeah no so good I mean last year I had someone from pick time like she spent an hour with me like I mean it was a free service mm -hmm. just walking me through the store settings and everything and like you know the psychology behind how the pricing is and just helped set the whole thing up and then also you know because a lot of the automation and stuff you know is based on you know offering discounts right mm -hmm. so if you're offering like a 20% discount so that you're still making a profit mm -hmm. and you know you have a viable business <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So I know it's a lot. It's like overwhelming for a lot of people first starting it out. But um, there's a lot of support, which I think is amazing. And yeah, it yeah, has to be. So yeah. What you can do. So if you are going to go into to do a campaign and they've got some great ones. So Black Friday, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, you know, the, the different yeah. campaigns that they have. If you are going to go in and do one of the campaigns and do a promotion, you can always just create a secondary price list and oh, true. use that for the campaigns. So say you're going to do a 20 or 30% discount, you can bump your price up by 20 or 30%. So if you want to, I don't because I personally feel like it, it needs to be a genuine discount. And yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And totally. you're going to do a campaign or a sale, uh, you know, at a time where, it makes sense. So if it's coming up to Valentine's Day, for instance, and or you're using one of the automations that include special offers around their first anniversary, for instance. So I think our customers are intelligent enough to understand that it might, you know, it needs to be a, a, a genuine discount. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, be ethical and true, <laughs> whatever you're doing, people in business and life. <laughs> so yeah, I totally get it. And that's why I'm asking, you know, like, uh, with the markups what makes sense like you know nobody wants to feel like they're ripping off their clients right um it just has to be yeah yeah definitely not like having said that like I spoke 
to Folio um, a while ago and on a completely different topic, but we ended up discussing a photographer who shoots destinations and works with planners and is at definitely the high end of the market. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how much he sold his albums for. And you're talking like tens of thousands, like quite yeah. a few salespeople, you know, where they have multiple albums to the same wedding. Yeah. And every time I sort of think about this money, I think of that guy. Yes. <laughs> like, what, you know, what we're charging if you because the higher presets exactly in time is 200 percent. that's not crazy that guy i mean he's paying the same amount of money to folio as i am that's crazy but that's a different market and totally way more money so yeah if somebody wants to have a cost-effective album they're going to do it themselves they're going to do it on the high street they're going to go to peter jones yeah gonna, okay if somebody wants something that's more professional and more bespoke and has just a much better finish, then hopefully they're going to do it through the gallery that you've provided and you've made it really, really easy for them. Yeah. Um, and I think that they expect that that is not something that's super cheap to do. Exactly. Uh, the substance to it. And I have to say, I mean, so having been, when I started all you know all that time ago we used Queensbury you know that was the album provider that we used there was um, Queensbury and there was also uh, a graphy studio you know both of whom they were really expensive like really expensive to produce and really expensive to sell and I regularly sold albums at about five times of what I sell an album for now wow because that's just what was the done thing at the time and everybody had an album and it was just they knew that they were going to spend money on an album. So it's just how we did the business. So the business has changed. Yeah. As photographers and as businesses, we've had to change along the way. Like if, if I did the same thing that I did then in terms of marketing or how I ran my business as well, I would not have any bookings. It didn't work. Right. Um, so I... I just think, yeah, just don't keep it like, don't make it too crazy. It's a valuable product and it's not, okay, I might not be sitting designing these albums now, but I am making it possible for them to do that themselves. Yeah. And uh, I know they're going to get something really beautiful and I know that they'll be opening that in 10 years' time, in 20 years' time, you know, their 20th wedding anniversary, opening it up again and it's still going to look stunning. That's so true. One thing I really want to talk about, you mentioned in one of your blog posts that I was reading was the fact that you've noticed clients that bought albums from you or ordered through you, that you get more referrals from those clients. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Like, um, why do you think that is? And how do you feel, you know, um, what's happening? Are people looking at the albums at their place? Um, what is the correlation yeah. there? So I say this to photographers all the time, like, uh, and I spoke to Pictum about this in a call that I was in with him where I first heard about Imagine, actually, because we were talking about delivery times. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a really fast editor, really fast to deliver um, my wedding galleries. And one of the reasons that I do that is it's much, much easier to sell to people Um a short space of time after the wedding 
rather than months and months after the wedding. Yeah. And six months after somebody's got married, nobody's asking them about, have you got your wedding photos yet? But six weeks after a wedding, two weeks after a wedding, the couple's friends and family and people who were definitely guests at the wedding are like, have you got your photos yet? Or there's a videographer, have you got the video yet? You know, there's an interest and that wanes the further along. Yeah, it's true. So if you're managing to deliver an album within, you know, 12 weeks of a wedding, like people are interested in seeing it. So yeah, people show it off. They're showing it off. They have it around the house. They want to show it off. They show like have dinner parties and friends come over and it's like, oh, we got, we actually got our fancy album. Like, do you want to have a look at it? Of course they want to have a look at it. Um, and these days as well, if you have clients like mine, that a lot of them are kind of, you know, creative and in the media themselves. Yeah. Yeah probably making reels of it or little Instagram stories of it so your Mm. reach is even beyond those people who would come into their home so yes you do get referrals because people like I want to have a fancy album like so and so that got married that we know they only ever had digital like they had a gallery they didn't have these albums and it feels like they're much more um, prestigious now because less people have them and it's like, of course, yes, we want to go with a photographer that's actually going to make one of these happen. So it's definitely easier. Like, I mean, come on, how beautiful yes. do wedding photos look in an album? So, yes, I love it. I mean, that is like such a huge point. Like, I'm totally sold. I've been sold on this, but like talking to you and I think it just really is going to help a lot of photographers overcome these obstacles that we've made for ourselves <laughs> in yeah. our heads right uh to just kind of be like hey I think the moment we fully believe it mm-hmm. that's the only way we're gonna actually be able to sell it and we're selling something good it's yeah. amazing yeah I mean this is a sort of way one like you know you're talking about self-imposed blocks which is yes <laughs> nearly every photographer that I mentor the blocks that they have are almost entirely self-imposed and it's interesting to try and coach people out of that because it's there's nothing external causing Mm -hmm. it's internal it's the opposite and one of the things that they the blocks that they seem to put in their way is like well I'm so busy you know I I'm really busy like I edit weddings I have an editing pile I'm too busy to do anything about selling albums or prints or framed products is my favorite one because frames your your clients really struggle with frames okay really really struggle with frames and um, we can easily help them with that and uh they're like i'm I'm just too busy okay so here you go i do that gallery review call uh first of all it's lovely to see the clients again after the wedding and they usually say such really lovely things so that's like a nice ego stroke sure and then I spend about 30 minutes. Uh, I have a script that I go through and uh, it's to get them to identify their pain points and then explain how to fix those and end up doing a time limited offer to scripted sales calls. An absolute classic thing. And um, by the end, you know, as I said, it's uh, over 80% will go ahead and buy and say your average. Okay, let's. They, they get an album, they get some prints, maybe get a frame. You know, your average profit could easily be 500 pounds on this call. I'm yes. like, what? 
what else would you do for an hour? That, uh, I was just going to say, <laughs> that is time well spent. Absolutely. And it earns you £500, not only that, but once you hang up the call, it's done. Like, you you, you know, apart from reactivating your discount or something, or maybe sending a follow-up email, it's not, you're not out grafting, you're not out shooting another wedding and you do what you do for those if you charge £2,000 for a wedding, that's the equivalent to you being out on a Saturday shooting a wedding yeah. and then spending that time afterwards doing all the production on the wedding and the admin that you've got to do ahead of it. No, in terms of man hours, yeah. which one is actually easier on you for the same amount of money? So I, 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 I tried to make this like really um obvious to photographers by creating like a pricing calculator and showing them how to use it and say right you you know put it in put it in let's see the sums and at the end of the year what additional amount of profit could you get and that tends to be a good motivator (laughs) totally all right so what advice do you have for photographers like because we are right now and a fab let's just say march when this comes out Mm -hmm. all right uh a couple months before like the wedding season really starts not sure how it is in the UK but for us let's say like in May right so there's a little bit of time um is is it worth already kind of looking back at the at 2022 weddings and saying hey is there still an opportunity to sell albums to past clients or should photographers focus on looking into the future more and saying okay how can I get this on my website and like into my workflow and everything where should our energy be in your opinion why can't your energy be in both of those yeah if we didn't have as much time like what would you focus on as a priority let me reframe that that way I like I would literally do both um if you've got money sitting on the table from last year like you could easily pick that up again so you could look at everybody from last year who did not um book an album with you and you could say, I just let you know, I'm running a special promotion at the minute and I'm helping people with their album designs. Like why not get those people into a call to say, I'm now offering these gallery review calls and I would love to do one with you because I'm you know, pretty sure that when we spoke, you said you wanted to have something printed and I noticed you haven't ordered anything. So let's get in a call and let's you know at least have a chat about it. There you go. Get yourself yeah. your own little sales script to go through and see what you can produce from those calls. Because I'm pretty sure out of everyone who's wedding you shot last year, you're going to be looking at a high percentage that have done nothing with their photos. Probably, know yeah. this because Sophie, who works for me, <laughs> so, um, she got married and I did her photography and she writes all my socials for a photography farm. And I was like, Sophie, like, once <laughs> once we had a class to sell, which was about selling albums and products, I was like, I was looking at your gallery and I noticed that you haven't ordered any prints either. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yep. <laughs> she's like, I've actually got like empty frames that people bought us for a wedding gift that I want to put photos in and I've never got around to ordering them. And uh, I was like, why? Like, in terms of market research tell me why and she's like I really want to I don't know why I've not got around to doing it 
um, I feel like maybe I just can't commit to something and uh, I just keep putting it off and thinking I'll do it later I'll do it later but I feel bad that I haven't done it and the more yeah. time it goes on the worse I feel and so I think of Sophie and I think well you could tap into that because there is this feeling that they do want to do it and they feel bad that they didn't do it and you know it's just gonna grow and grow so it's true hey, you know what? I'm going to make this easy for you. Let's do it together. I'm going to guide you through that. They're like, oh, yes, please. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, it's so true. Even if for some, it might be a little out of the blue or something. I think there's a way to approach it and just ask. And I think we might be surprised how many people are going to jump on board. <laughs> well, um, the I'll tell you what's an eye opener is um, the migration app through PickTime. So anyone who migrates into PickTime, they've got a great service, which is yeah. that they will on your behalf, like migrate your galleries from another service provider. And um, then there's an app that you can run to explain to people. The email goes out saying, just like, you know, that it's moved, like this is your new URL to find your gallery and a little bit about why. And then it does an offer to say, you know, kind of while I've got you, let's, um, you know, if you want, if you never got around to buying anything, here's 30% off or whatever it is. And when I did mine, it was like, oh, wow, like these guys got married three years ago and they've just, they've, you know, they've bought stuff now and it is, it's tapping into that. Yeah. So why not? It's the same thing. You know, you say it's out of the blue, but it's only out of the blue for them. It's not out of the blue for you. There's a logical reason why you want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, it was so good. Um, I feel really enlightened. You gave us so many gems, Lisa. Thank you so much. Like, um, for people who want to actually learn more from you, I know you have mentorships as well. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what you offer? in that sense sure I mean photography farm now is yeah we do our annual conference yes I do online education that people can they can buy a workshop from me about this stuff about selling albums and frames and prints um so we do those and then yeah I also run a three-month mentoring program for wedding photographers and uh, that that's my favorite way to work with people because I really get to see their results and make some really big changes for people and a lot of it is this like yeah just looking at what the blocks are and figuring out how they can get around them it's been something that it was something I started in the pandemic you know we were all sitting there with like <laughs> right I've thought about this for ages I finally got time to do it I'm going to put together a mentoring program and I'll do it like while the pandemic is on but I'm still doing it, <laughs> still doing it. Look at you, all the things you're doing, how do you do it all? <laughs> well, like I said, I outsource. Like I have Sophie, yeah. I have other people. Okay. The I ever did was um, to outsource some stuff and uh, think about parts of my business that I didn't enjoy so much and that I was struggling with. And the beautiful thing about our industry now is there is someone who you can pay Yes. right now to do the parts of it that you don't enjoy and that frees you up to do the stuff which you do enjoy you can do more of that and you can be more creative you know really the only time as a photographer that you're earning money is when you're out shooting there's all the rest of it there's not the, as much glory in it as people kind of seem to feel that there is so it's whatever frees you up to just do your job that's so good and how about thrive that should be coming up anytime soon right Oh, wow, it's sold yeah. out. <laughs> well, it's it's next month. 
and it is in the UK and it's the we do it in England and we repeat the whole thing in Scotland. So it starts on the week of the 20th of March. So if people are still, if we're still, if they're listening to it ahead of that time. Yeah. Um, I currently have three tickets um, still open and then we do the second day of going out and shooting. So there is some spaces on those days for going out and shooting with the fantastic people that we've got on board for this one. So I've got six photographers who are our speakers and then people can do a day two session with. So we've got Taylor Jackson, who is like mm-hmm. a YouTube Big names, phenomenon. big oh names. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I has over a half a million subscribers yeah. on YouTube. It's like, so really inspiring person. Um, also, Rebecca Carpenter, who's, uh, I met Rebecca in 2017, when she had literally just bought a camera, and she's really accelerated her business, uh, shooting at such a high level right now, um, destination, all of the world destination elopements, and just working with such beautiful, beautifully crafted weddings, and her work is phenomenal. And she's a huge inspiration. I find her such a dynamo. Um, Also, Lily Red, another photographer working. um, She's Italian and works with her husband, who's American. And he brings a lot of the business, like, Mm know-how. She's the little firecracker. It's, like, really energetic Italian, obsessed with fashion. So, very editorial. Um, We've also got Sam Docker, who is... Mm -hmm. Great. He has a wonderful podcast himself. Yeah, um, he's really great. He's going to be at Snap this year, which I'm also are doing. Be, are you going to be heading to Snap? Yeah, I'm speaking at Snap. Ah, excellent. Yeah. Wow. You will have such a good time. And Amy is wonderful. She is lovely. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, no, I hope it's a big success. And um, also Eagle, Eagle Demba as well. Yeah. Come across and Sam and Eagle do their podcast together eagle again beautiful destination work and just absolutely just just so probably the nicest man in the entire industry yeah (laughs) he Um, has a good reputation like that it's true yeah yeah (laughs) just so chill as well and then we also our final speaker is a girl called Jodie Mitchell who I I love Jodie because she came up through my mentoring program I met her when she was like still full-time in another job and her dream was to give up that job and become a full-time wedding photographer within two years. And actually three months after she finished my program, she went full-time, really went for it, was fully booked for the next two years and then set up a business teaching photographers how to do SEO. And that's just flying, Mm -hmm. flying for her. So it's been wonderful for me to witness what she's done. And so I was like, I listened, I asked for feedback at the end of Thrive last year and people wanted more business content. And I was like, I know just the girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, such a great lineup. Um, I hope it's going to be everything and more. Uh, hope to join Thrive maybe next year, who knows? Uh, just because I'm heading to Snap this year, that's what's in my schedule. But yeah, uh, you're doing amazing. Uh, I love it. It's so educational. It's what our industry needs and you're just feeding it to so many people Lisa oh well thank so you good. for having me and <laughs> I hope when you come to the UK I hope you have a really good time and thank uh, you uh oh. yeah you, you will you will easily have you like such the great people like Nadia you've had Nadia on the- yeah yeah I know Nadia as well so um it's a good group of people I'm, I'm super excited 
and yeah because it's been a while since I've been to a workshop or anything with the whole pandemic um I'm looking forward to mingling with fellow photographers once again what's your topic what are you going to be speaking about I'm actually talking about productivity, getting organized. So pretty much setting yourself up for success as a full-time wedding photographer, mm-hmm. you know, things that are not really talked about, but really to help people with their workflow and getting things done, which I try to, I'm always learning, improving. And I think the missing part of the puzzle was with the albums. <laughs> so I can at least be like, Lisa taught me how to do this better. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's what I'll be talking about. Oh, excellent. Like, I love, this is like, you know, you talk about one of the things, you know, people say this to me all the time, like, you're so busy, how do you do it all? And I'm like, yeah, I invested some time and money in learning about productivity. Yeah. Best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did for my business was um, that, that, like, every penny I put in has come back to me so many times over from productivity. Like, yeah. Yeah, like for me, because I'm chaotic by nature and I just had to learn these things. It was just a must. And the moment I became a mom, there was no other option. And then I got my second child and, (laughs) you know, and I have all these interests and things that I want to do. And if I am not organized or productive, it just will never get done. So it's um, a necessity that I just had to implement and um happy to share that with others who are struggling. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just that I think when you implement that structure, it gives you the freedom to be creative. Exactly that. Exactly that. And I think like a lot of creative people, I think there's this whole thing of, no, I'm free. This is how I work. Oh, structure, that's not, you know. So it's, there's a lot of mindset again where we stand in our own way. But mm. it's just like the moment I realized structure is what's going to give me the freedom to be creative and do the things I actually love Mm -hmm. that was the switch for me to be invested in it and um yeah so Amy was like yes we really need people uh (laughs) we need to talk about this so uh she she's super psyched about this topic and um I hope that other people are going to benefit from it I'm excited (laughs) oh definitely like um I think in terms of like topics, it's probably the one that they will they will take away so much from because yeah, it's and I hope, you know, go home, make a to-do list, yeah, incorporate it into your business. You know, someone who organizes conferences, I always say this to speakers, like it's the easiest thing in the world, right? When you stand up on a stage and you talk to a group of photographers, especially in the wedding industry, right? Wedding photographers. Yeah. It's so yeah. easy so easy to stand up there and make everyone cry right it really is I've seen it (laughs) yeah you're like oh you know crying because there's a a story you know we've all got stories deeply moved yes I know will move people to tears Mm -hmm. right that's like actually quite an easy thing to do as a speaker Mm -hmm. what's really hard to do is to get people in the audience to go home and make changes in their businesses now that's actually quite hard to do and quite challenging so I'm always like can you do that's what they paid you for they not paid you to cry <laughs> yeah no for me I'm all about like taking action and like simplifying things so I think the one thing I'm good at is like taking something that seems really abstract or overly complicated and just kind of really tearing it down to its bare you know minimum just like explaining it in the most easy and simple way 
-hmm. and saying okay just do this and you get there so that's kind of like how I'm crafting the whole presentation and just kind of making it um interactive where people can really ask their questions for Mm -hmm. their specific problems and um yeah I hope it's just gonna work out how I envision it we'll see how it goes (laughs) oh well it sounds great I'd love to hear it and um you know good luck with it and thank you thank you so much and before we end it um please tell everyone where they can find you of course I'm gonna put it in the show notes and everything but so that you can say it where's the best way to get in touch Oh, cool. Yeah, just send me a DM. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm on Instagram at Devlin Photos or Photography Farm, um, both of those. And yeah, we're just, you know, really always really happy to speak to other photographers and find out what you need. And if there's a way that we can help, we'd love to. Let's chat. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's been amazing. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of My Wedding Season, the podcast. To be notified as soon as a new episode goes live, make sure that you subscribe. I'd love for you to write a comment or leave a review. Let me know what you want more of. For the show notes, head on over to www.wedding-photography-podcast.com. Cheering you on and until next time.